Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Well, today we've come to celebrate God's goodness in transforming. We went to the uh, sort of family get-together dinner last night and we heard some of the stories, but today we're going to hear so much more. And I'm going to invite uh, Lisa Love, who uh, helps coordinate the program. Pastor Tina's the CEO and Lisa is the manager and director and does so much. And she's going to do some interviews. We've got three women and three men and uh, we're going to do three at a time. And so let's give a huge welcome to Lisa. Thank you. So we're going to do things a little bit differently today because I've got some exciting news. We've got six graduates, so we're going to, we'll be here all day if we were to do them individually. So it's a good problem to have, but what we're going to do is we're going to have um, the three girls come up. We're going to do a group interview. So Joanne, Tara and Ashley. So who would have thought that you girls would be sitting here um, being honoured and congratulated for where you've come from? It's, um, it's amazing. <laughs> so we're going to have, um, you'll see just, um, there's your graduate photos up there. That's right, that's just a typo, that's okay. So yeah, it is an incredible, an incredible transformation physically. You can see the difference, you know, how, how unhealthy and how unwell. And to, to look at you girls today, it's a, it's a true miracle. And um, it's been... Okay. We might start with you, Ashley. Um, I think it's important for the church and um, for us to understand, you know, exactly where you came from and what your life was like because we see the transformation, we see the photo, but can you share with us what it was like for you leading up to coming in and making that phone call? Um, before I come in, I was extremely suicidal. Um, I was depressed. My life was chaotic. Um, I just felt like I was failing in all areas of life and I'd just given up hope, basically. Yeah, so my life was um, really messy, really messy. What were you using? Um, ice and GHB and prescription med medication. Um, you name it, I was on it, basically. And how long was your addiction? Like, how long were you using for Ash? Um, I started using drugs when I was 14. Um to cope with um, the loss of loved ones and experimenting before that. But, um, yeah, that's when it started and then um, over the years it progressed. So, yeah, a good 17 years um, taking drugs, yeah. 17 years and you could imagine the, the pain and the, um, the chaos that would have come into that for that life. Um, you said, yeah, you had pain, you know, like you had a lot of grief and loss in your life that I guess... You found relief in the drugs at the start? Yeah, and it started off with just partying and trying to numb all those feelings and um, masking it with just thinking I was partying and having fun. But um, after that, um, the partying wears off. It's not fun anymore and you're stuck with really heavy addiction. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Tara? Where were you before? Can you, do you remember when you made that phone call? Yeah, I do. I was homeless um, in Brisbane City, which being a, fat, a female and being homeless isn't really good in Brisbane City. Um, I was scared. I was alone. Um, I'd lost my house, my kids, everything in, in one week. I went from using on the weekend to using every day just to get out of bed. 
Um, yeah, my drug of addiction was ice, marijuana, prescription medication. Yeah. I remember um, when I was reflecting about your story last night, I was thinking you were, there was a period of your life where you were, you were managing. You were, you were a mum, you were working, yeah. you were, um, you know, and then what happened? So I broke up with my partner and I felt real alone. Like I felt like I didn't have anyone. And so I went to the drugs because I was using it on the weekends to party with my friends when my kids weren't with me. And then went from weekends to weeks to every day and yeah. You think about that, especially for the mums in the audience, you know, how, you know, that, you know, our, our heart breaks for that because, you know, one minute you're living life normal, getting up, working, looking after your children and then with that loss and that pain and that grief, you know, found relief in, in the drug. Yeah, well, I moved in with um, a drug dealer. I thought she was my friend, but it just turned out to be a trap house. And once you're in one trap house, you go to the next trap house and the next. Before you know it, you don't have anyone. No one, you know, your addiction's taken over your life. You have no care factor. Still loved my kids, still wanted them part of my life, but it was really hard to fight Brendan in court. Really, really hard. Yeah. He, yeah. he stopped me seeing the kids for two years. I came here and I'm, I'm finally getting to see them a lot more than what I was. Yeah, that's amazing. When you came into the program having to, to fight all of that, you know, the grief and the loss as a mother, what you would experience not having your children in your life and the shame and the guilt around that is really, um, it's a lot. What about you, Joe? Do you remember the phone call? Jo's actually um, come, she's been with us now over, over six months, haven't she? I've Origin been here since March. Yeah, so yeah. originally from the Gold Coast transformations. Yes, um, so I did 11 months at the Gold Coast and um, so a lot of my transformation was done there. Um, but the phone call, I, I, um, I'd been at work and I'd, I blacked out at work because I, I drank at work and... Um, and then I, I knew I had to get help, and I'd been asking, I, I'd been asking God, I, I don't know how to stop, I don't know how to stop drinking. So um, He made a way. He, from from me blacking out at work, it forced me to come and get help. So um, God usually gives us things that that we need in a package that we don't generally want. So. Um, <laughs> So he did, and um, transformations. Um, I just grabbed hold of it, and I knew this was the way. This was what God God led me to. Yeah, um, even there's a bit of a mix up with the photos, but um, one of your your before photo when I seen it, and there was a few of them, I was just blown away. You wouldn't even have recognised you. The transformation in your life. What, um, so you were, you were addicted to alcohol and what other drugs have you been? Um, so ice um, and for eight years I was on heroin. So um, I got off that in 2014 and then I was drinking. It's an um, a really, you know, your addiction got to the point where, you know, using heroin and for you to have got through that period of time um, is, an, is an, a miracle in itself. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yes. But, um, yeah, it's, it's all for all God. God led me through it all. So. Why do you think he um, led you to transformations? Like, what have, you, what have you got from this program that you didn't know before? Or what was your biggest revelation that you've had to... It was submitting to authority. So I didn't... Um, I didn't realise that all authority was um, put on earth by God. I didn't realise that. And once I got my head around that, I was able to submit. I think, um, especially in addiction, you get this bit of a fear around authority. Um, and then coming into a program like this where it is, you know, there's a flow chart and there's yes, no, and you have to get everything answered, whether you can make a phone call or not. So, and sometimes the answer's no, or some of it's okay, we'll get back to you, and you have to just wait. 
So it is very challenging, yeah. especially being running your own life for so long. Yeah, so um, having to sit sit with it and um, in the unknown and just being okay with that, um, I think that's going to set me up for the rest of my life. about you Tara when you um I rem- yeah remember when you came in you were so unwell like physically with your health um can you share with the church what that was like managing addiction and I guess not managing your health and how unwell you were when you came in yeah well I was a type one well I am a type one diabetic um which means I have to take insulin daily I I was having um I had a fit and lost oxygen to my brain for about eight minutes. Um, my health was just bad. My knees were really bad. Um, I was in pain constantly. I was in crutches for six months of my program. Um, it was quite horrific. I think I remember thinking and speaking with Tina and we were just like, how are we going to manage, you know, we're not nurses or doctors (laughs) and just because of how unwell you were and I was like how are you going to manage to do this program it was incredible that despite all of that you've you just you fought through it and you persevered so many times Tara you could have left because you couldn't do parts of the program but and fighting depression that was a real um, challenge for you as well wasn't it I definitely was wow depression that um wake up day to day and really you don't even want to be here but if you hadn't have given me the chance that you did I'm I'm com- be completely honest I wouldn't be here today at all it's an amazing <laughs> miracle definitely so fighting that depression fighting your physical um, health issues what was the other? What was one of the other biggest challenges that you had to face whilst being in the program? Forgiveness. <laughs> I had to learn to forgive myself for stuff that's happened to me. But when I started to learn to forgive myself, I realised how easy it was to forgive others. And it's all over your face, you know, like that depression. When you came in, and then now you can just see the joy and the happiness that forgiveness brings. I had a prophecy over me, and I remember he said, people are going to look at you and wonder why you're so goddamn happy all the time. (laughs) Thank you, God. Incredible, incredible. How about you, Ash? What was the most... um, challenging I'm just trying to remember you yeah you came in you were pretty unwell mentally weren't you struggling with your thoughts and having to settle in and leave your family you know you've got a little daughter and she's here she's really exciting Scarlett and um, I know it was that was hard because you had to leave your whole family behind and you knew that you needed to do it and what was the most challenging thing about the program or what do you want to talk about Um, I think When I first came in, the powerlessness, that was really hard. Not being, as you said before, not being able to do... Like, when you manage your own life for such a long time, when you want to do something like make a phone call or walk to the shop or or something so simple and you can't do it, you've got to get an answer and waiting, that patience. Patience was... um, has been my biggest struggle. And not being with my daughter, um, that was really, really hard. Um, I used to cry every single day not being with her and um, all this is for her every single bit of this recovery is for her and um, I'm just I'm so grateful that they're here my family's here um, but that was the biggest struggle was not having her and um, yeah just sticking it out it's been so hard <laughs> really hard I know you did it for Scarlett and your family, but there was a moment there where I seen a shift to tide's turn for you because it was like you started to embrace that little girl within you and um, because you're an amazing mother but also just having that self-love and that self-worth and um, what's it been like for you in the program and how's that 
how has your self-worth and identity changed? Um, so much. Like, the guilt I, have, I had through my program, um, that was really hard. Um, and I think one of the breakthroughs was the moment, I, like you said, the moment I realised I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it properly. Because when you first get here, you're just like, I can't do this. This is too hard. I can't, this, like, living with all these women um, and the stuff that we have to do in our program is so intense. Um, but that moment I realised I could actually do this and I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it properly. And I'm going to give this recovering everything I've got. That was, that was massive for me. And um, I remember that day. I still remember that day going, you know what, I'm going to actually do this. I'm going to graduate. And here we are. <laughs> blessed as a ministry to have um, now three resident leaders and um, and I think you know these are not just women who have done the program but they're now leaders giving back and mentoring other women and it's just a you know testament to your relationship with God what you've learnt, and how much you believe in the program so besides do all of you doing the resident leaders, what other doors are opening and what does your future look like now, Ash? To be honest, I'm just still taking it day by day, month by month. Um, I want to give back. This, I have so much faith in this program. Like I can't even stress it enough. This program works. Um, and if you commit to it completely, like you can feel the transformation. You can see it. Those, the girls that we do recovery with are amazing women and I'm so proud to be doing recovery with them. I just love them so much. So the next season we'll be giving back to them as much as I can whilst transitioning back to life with my daughter, studying and, and then hopefully moving into working with youth. That's what I want to do, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, the, the three of them are also studying their diploma in community services and that's awesome. You want to work with youth. You'd be really great at that. What about you, Tara? So, yeah, I'm doing the diploma in community service. I'm also going to do a DV, domestic violence um, course. I'm also doing a parenting course because, wow, the stuff I've learnt from that course is unbelievable. I can use it day to day with my children. Even the assertion models, I assert my son quite often. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, my, my future looks a, f a lot brighter, you know, like I've been set free. Yeah. <laughs> Healthy, happy and set free. Yeah. <laughs> Quite the public speaker, aren't you, Tara? <laughs> you were, um, oh, what was I going to say? Um, you, just with the, with what you're studying, like that DV, you know, and just, I love it how God just uses everything that was um, in chaos and destruction and the things in our life that we want to forget. He uses it for good. You know, it is so amazing. You see that with you girls and, and through the program all the time with us all. So what about you, Joe? What's your life looking like now? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I've got my family and that I can live with and... Um, I'm doing the diploma as well and um, I, I really want to go into case management for a little while and um, just help other people that, that are in rehab and the DV, yeah. domestic violence people and yeah. That's incredible Joe. like to see your mum and dad, they've been so supportive um, with your, in your program and in your life, they've just always been there for you and um, you can see because the character and the, the beauty, the beauty that was in was always been in you, and um, yeah, I'm excited for your future. And I know that the Gold Coast team send their love and congratulations because, like you said, you did a lot of your program down there, and um, so we can't take all the credit, but we will. <laughs> so congratulations, girls.
Okay, now for the gentlemen, Mark Ferguson, Anthony Walsh and Richard. <laughs> Nothing's going to stop, Richard. How good is this? <laughs> You've been waiting for how long to get up on this stage and with the microphone, Richard? My heart is overwhelmed and full of gratitude today, really. Um, I just feel blessed. I particularly want to give thanks for someone who's known me far more than my father and mother and everybody else in this hall. I'd like my wife to stand up, who's been been married to for 40 years. Oh, wow. And she's been there. Yes, Adele. <laughs> yes, Adele. <coughs> yes. She's still working on the front lines and um, very much working for Harvey Bay Hospital and for all of us, for community. Um, yeah, it's just so good to have you because, you know, it was like... Uh, it was really scary there um, last month, you know, nearly losing you in that um, terrible, terrible tragic car accident. And we'll get a little bit back to that. But what I want to find out, Richard, and I think it'll be important for the church, is what, um, you know, this program is about a discipleship, you know. And I know that you came in for the discipleship part of the program. You love God. And what was it about transformations when you got here what was that like for you well two things that we all want we want to belong and we want to be uh, to be connected and um, uh, very much I was prior to coming in feeling disconnected and um, I was very much uh, confused. Um, I may not have had a drug and alcohol problem, but I, <clears throat> but I did have an addiction that really uh, was taking me away from God and taking me away from family. And um, you know, my wife champions me every day, and I believe that she has been instrumental in... Um, leading me to the right place because I had issues that I needed dealing with and um, she gave me the push in the right direction. I didn't necessarily like that direction um, <laughs> and I always said that I'm going to take this a day at a time and um, I believe, you know, it took me, one of the things I was very grateful for right at the beginning was community sense of community um, which I had longed for. There's two things that we're guaranteed to do in life and one is to pursue and the other one is to be pursued and um, recently there was a write-up in the daily reading that talked about the lion and the gazelle and uh, the lion wakes up every morning he knows he's got to run faster than the fastest gazelle if he's going to feed himself and feed his family. And the gazelle wakes up every morning knowing that he's got to run faster than any lion. And that is very much the same for all of us. We have an enemy that wants to destroy us. And I'm an, under no illusion that, you know, my recovery is every day I need to remember that I need to pursue righteousness and faith in Christ Jesus. And when I get off the track, I know that I will be pursued. And likewise, we all will be. So we just need to remember we need community. Very well said, and I know I know it was a it was a struggle at the start to get used to community, even though you knew that that's what you needed. But um, to see how much you are one of um, the favourites in community, the guys I know how much the guys love you, and um, it was challenging just what you were um, saying, you know, about you just you've just 
through what you've just went through. What was that like, Richard? Is there anything you'd like to share? I thoroughly recommend it. <laughs> we never should forget whatever we go through, we go through with the Lord. And um, there was no fear. I had peace. The 10 minutes that I remember in the accident, I had peace and I had hope. I did not know abandonment. I did know that my lungs were crushed and I could hardly breathe, but I wasn't worried about that. There were people trying to cut me out and the left door was able to be opened for the ambulance officer to come in and greet me, put something around my neck and give me some drugs that I'd never had before. <laughs> so I safely became a druggie. And I can't remember too much about the first week because of that. <laughs> so um, I thoroughly recommend that. But um, it's only a journey that I want to um, not repeat. Richard. Um, I do remember once during that first week of being invited into a uh, room with my children and God arranged that, that room to be something that it wasn't because all I could see was flowers. And I was just so touched to be with my children. They came from New Zealand to see me soon as they found out, it was a special time for me and only two at a time were able to see me, so my wife wasn't able to see me there. But um, so good to be reunited with family. I hadn't seen them for a long while. And there was a special occasion and believe it or not, I sung How Great Thou Art right there in their presence. Which is so wonderful. You know, when the Spirit of God is in your life, you never know what's going to happen next. <laughs> oh, so great, Richard. Mark Ferguson. Hi. I know you've been really looking forward to I think to you wouldn't this. notice me. <laughs> so... Do you remember the, the time when you actually thought, I'm going to go to rehab and picked up the phone to ring? Yeah, it was a bit of a blur. Um, life was a train wreck. It was a double train wreck. And um, I didn't, probably didn't really comprehend what I was... <laughs> definitely didn't comprehend what I was getting myself into. <laughs> um, yeah, I just... Yeah, it was at that point where I had nothing, nowhere else to go, really. But, um, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> We'd like to take just a little quick look at Memory Lane before we get catch back up. But um, can you share with the church what your struggle was? What were you struggling with? Um, at the end, alcohol, but really anything that would kill the pain. Um, in 2017, I was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, which sort of knew I had, but never really um, had addressed or identified, and, and for many years was using all sorts of things to yeah. medicate it. Um, my addiction started pretty much by accident in my early 20s. I went to get my wisdom teeth out, and I suppose cried, panadine fought after the procedure, and I took it and went, wow, I feel great. Um, not endorsing <laughs> any of this is a bad idea, but it, it calmed something yeah. in me and that led to a long codeine addiction and then other things down the track. In 2016, I developed a very severe fentanyl addiction, so uh, probably what Richard was talking about. Yeah. But it's, the yeah, it's extreme horrible. of it, like the extreme, how it went just from, you know, normal just medication you get from the doctor after a surgery. No, no one would be concerned about that. And then to relieve, to relieve that anxiety, like, it, it makes sense to me. 
Yeah. And then that anxiety was, um, you know, there. And then having to come into the program, which is anxiety provoking <laughs> all day, every day. And you can't take drugs, completely abstinent. So how did you cope with that, Mark? <laughs> One day at a time. <laughs> oh, it, it exposes you. Like, it, you have to now deal with you, like, naked, in a yeah. sense, you know. And um, it takes a minute. And if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit leading me through that, I'm not just saying that because I'm sitting in church. That's the thing you're supposed to say. It's the truth. Um, I'd still be lost um, and there was a few moments where you just kind of go, wow, I'd never realised that. Even little things that people say, like I said to you yesterday, you know, um, little things just turn a switch on and you just put it together one thing after another and you end up in a better place. Like, yes, yeah, so I'm not the same person I was when I walked through those gates. Yeah, no. no. Definitely not. Even the fact that you can sit here and you're back worshipping and, you know, there's a, no doubt there's an amazing gift on your life. And, um, you know, you could think about, imagine having to struggle with that anxiety and it would just rip your joy and rip your giftings away, you know. So no wonder God had you come via transformations on your, big, on your journey. Well, tune up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> big tune up. A big tune up. So what's your life looking like now, Mark? Good. Um, I have my beautiful wife back. Yeah. Um, I did my very best. Yeah. And Rachel and Josh. Yeah, I did my very best to destroy that. Um, and uh, thanks to Sam's grace and forgiveness and love, she's you know, given me another chance. So, um, what else? Um, well, Sarge and I are working at Bunnings. Yeah. <laughs> And we, we uh, wear the same shirt at work and at the centre and on stage too. So, so I've got the sport model, he's got the station wagon version. Um, <laughs> we spend a lot of time together, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, you have become very quite close friends. Um, therapeutically too, you know, you've... Um, You've shown a real passion and um, about helping people, and you've also been doing um, Bible college. Yes, as part of um, your stage three four program. How's that going? Really good. Yeah, it's something I started. <laughs> you want more? Learning lots. <laughs> uh, it's going really, really good here. Um, um, I started Bible college many years ago because I, I just I've always felt this call of God to the ministry. And it's been spoken over my life a few times, and just, and um, so I took that step of faith to do that because uh, I was a nurse, retired, um, and that was a brave thing to do because I, I didn't really know. But then God's confirmed it several times since then through other people, and it's just been just to see His heart. For every one of us, you know, and he keeps his word. He keeps his word. He does. <laughs> so good, Mark. Congratulations. I left Anthony to last because I know that um, he struggles with public speaking. So How you doing? <laughs> what? How you doing? So, Anthony, I wanted to, um, I just wanted the church to know a little bit about some of the things that you've done in your past, you know, before we get to the things that haven't been so great or the things that led you to come to us, which are a good thing. Um, what, what were some of the things that you did as a, as a child um, growing up and some of your talents? Um, well, I love cowboys and Indians. I did a lot of that. Um, but I liked, I, I loved acting. I loved putting on characters. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I liked, uh, I was a real social, little social little, I wasn't little actually, I was quite big. Um, bigger than the other kids. 
So um, that was good because I always got to pick the character. I was always a good guy. I always won the wars. Always won the games. And if I didn't like it, I'd take my bat and ball and go home. Um, always picked the best side too because I always picked myself as captain. So. <laughs> you know, you your, um, your talent has ended up... Um, let, you've actually been in a few movies. Um, I was an extra. Uh, I worked with... Oh, well, you all know Eric Banner. Um, I did a, um, a little... Before he was a... Um, what you might say, an actor, like he is now, or well-known actor. He was a comedian, stand-up comedian. And I did a little side, a few side things with him in comedy, and that was really cool. Um, and I was um, little. It was great to show that, actually, but I, I have to find it. You can spot me. I was an extra in Mad Max. Yeah. You wouldn't recognise me because I was all scruffed up and I had a wig on. I wear a lot of wigs. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and yeah, I scruffed up and all that sort of stuff, and I was only only small and all that sort of. And it was great fun, you know, playing the dirt and, and throwing things and and didn't even have to speak anything. I just grunted the whole time. Was, so your lines, you could remember them, you know. <laughs> I just wanted to paint a little bit of a picture of what we had to deal with in transformations, <laughs> because it was really hard to keep Anthony, making sure Anthony was Anthony and not someone else, and. Next minute he's that person and then I thought we were having split personality disorders and anyway, we end up getting to the, we ended up finding Anthony because um, what happened to, what happened when you went into your own self and Anthony came out in Transformations? Um, that was, that was really hard because it, it, I realised, I, I, you know, I, I put up this front and I had high expectations and I'm, I had all this and I, I, you know, everything had to be done my way. If it's not my way, it's a highway, you know, that, that saying. And, 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 you know, that was, that, was my, that was a fault I could see in me. I started to see faults in me that I didn't think were faults. Like, you don't think you've got a problem. Like, with my, my, my poison is alcohol. Um, copious amounts of alcohol, like insane amounts of alcohol. Um, I've been done drink driving like more times than I lotto balls. Um, I did jail time for it. You can have a look up here, Anthony. That's um, one of oh, the yeah. near-death experiences of many. Yeah, many a head injury. I did ask them. I, did, I asked them for some improvements, but they, they said there's nothing we can do. <laughs> so I... Um, that was a that was a, a four meter fall out the back of a of my dad's house. Um, it's a big three story house, and and it was dark, um, and not in the right frame of mind. Thought I could take a shortcut. Once again, doing things my way, so I thought I could take a shortcut, forgetting about a four meter drop, um, and landed head first in that one. I obviously. remember that actually, Anthony, because I remember hearing that you're in the hospital and that you'd had a serious accident and. There was always, because seven years we've been doing this journey, yes, that you've, you've been, you know, struggling and relapse and then you get well and relapse. And so this is the seventh time you've been into transformations? Seventh time, yes. Um, and the reason, the reason why it's been seven times is because I was doing it my way. Every time was my way. I wasn't listening to God. I was pretending to listen to him, that he was telling me, you're all good now, mate, you can go now, you're good, get on with it. Um, no, no, that's not right, and it never worked. And it took, this was the most, I'm probably jumping the question here, but the most challenging thing that I, that I had in this program was basically submitting and surrendering. I had to surrender and finally say, okay, your way is not the right way, follow me for a bit, and I'll show you the right way. It might be hard and there's going to be a lot of challenges along the way, but you're going to have to face those. And if you don't face those challenges, if you don't hit them head on, then, and, and you think, I'm going to take the easy way out, I'll go around that way, you know. Um, logistics is a bit of a background, so I always look for an easy way. Um, and nine times out of ten, I do find it, but when you get out the other end, 
you end up with a disaster. Um, so you've got to go over that mountain. Um, there's a thing in the Bible you can move mountains. Um, I'm still figuring that bit out, but I'd prefer now I'll go over it because um, I'm not going to be able to move them. He can, not me. Yeah, I'll so stick true. with going over it. Yeah. So good, Anthony. Not round and round the mountain anymore. Thank you. Thank I'm not you. going round and round it. Thank no you, more. Jesus. No more. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely been an amazing journey to watch you this time around where you could see that where you have just thought, you know what, I'm just giving it all to you, God, no matter what. And you went through one of the ch toughest challenges um, with by losing your dad whilst he was in the program, you know, and I know he was your idol and you loved him and still love him, obviously, but I know that was a big challenge for you. Yeah, that was, um, I looked up to my dad, but it was also, um, he was awesome. He was, he was such a strong, powerful man. He, I always looked up, always wanted to get to where he was. I always, and that's where I think I'll get the expectations that I set on others, which I've now learned you don't have to do that. But the passing of my dad, although quite hard, and it's, it's hard to explain, but it took a massive weight off my shoulders because I didn't have to aim for that anymore I didn't have to aim for that anymore and then I started to realize I never had to do that I never had to meet someone else's expectations to be who I am today yeah. I, I did that with transformations help and the church and the community um, I did that through that way through going through that battle going through the through the hard yards and finding out that I can do this myself I don't have to be someone else and exceed these these KPIs I call them key performance indexes, for those who don't know, um, <laughs> that I'm trying to hit all the time. I don't, I don't have to. You can still have a happy, successful, fruitful life if you just listen to the big fella. I'm telling you, listen to him, all right? <laughs> He's generally always right, okay? Well, I think you've definitely proven it now, Anthony. And now that you trust him with your life and going into your next season, what does that look like for you? Oh, awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, well, I'm working at Bunnings full-time now, uh, which is great. Yeah. So if you need... Um, I'm in the tool shop, so if you need some tools... And the good thing... I, I was gonna, I'm not going to go there, but you could come in and I'll, I'll point you in the right direction. Um, if not, it wasn't me. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at obviously living here in Harvey Bay and I'm going to be looking for a house and that's all uh, going to come to par. But, you know, and every, so everything's falling into place and it's just, I'm still overwhelmed. I still, every morning I get up and I thank God because I just can't believe that light at the end of the tunnel is, is there. I've gone through the program, that light just, it's that bright. I'm not kidding you, it's that bright. I'm glad I've got these um, transition lenses because, <laughs> phew, it's, it's bright. But it, it, um, it's awesome. Um, and you know, and I can't wait. I'm going to have my own place. And there's one thing I want, which I've always wanted, is I'm going to put a cattle grid at the front of my house. I've always wanted. Yeah, drive up. I don't want cows or anything stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> one thing um, you said last night. One thing you said last night is that um, no matter what, you're still going to stay connected with the church. You love being on front line, and it's you know just that. We had speeches last night, and one of our volunteers said. You know, every time he comes into the place, you greet him. Um, you've got a natural gift on your life, Anthony, and um, we're just so happy that you're going to stay connected and be part of our family here in the church. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. Okay, well, we might get the girls to join us on stage while we give out the certificates and the trophies and you guys stand up. I'm sure we want to clap for your achievement. This is so exciting, hey? 
What an amazing journey. And uh, it is just so, yeah, 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 yeah. This is, this is so, so incredible of uh, God's blessing and goodness over their lives. Yeah, let's give them a huge... Wow, wow, wow. Now what I'd like you to do is to come forward a little bit more. Just come forward a little bit more. There's lots of people in the crowd here that have done transformations, either graduated or done a significant time period of that. I'd like you to lift your hand if you've done the program or you've uh, graduated or you've uh, done a season. Look at this, all the guys that are over here that are doing it, people down the back, over the sides, down over here, all these people. Let's give them a big shout out of thank you for that. Woo! All those who are volunteers or help in the program, maybe you are a facilitator, you're on the board, you're uh, one of the uh, people who helps, I'd like to invite all of you to come and join us up here on stage because we want you to be acknowledged and to pray blessings. So if you're a leader, a facilitator, a supervisor, a volunteer, come on down. Let's give them a huge, huge thank you as well. Look at all these amazing people from our church, from our community. Come on all around them up here. This is so, so amazing. Look at them all. All those who pray, serve, work in the op shop, work in the Bayside Veggies. Wow. Look at all these incredible, incredible people. Now, we're going to pray a prayer of blessing. But I'd like to invite, if there's any key family members here, if you'd like to come and stand with your residents. I know we're filling up the stage. That's okay. If there's parents here or brothers or sisters, you want to come because we want to pray a prayer of blessing on you. So please come and join us. There's plenty of photos happening. Come and join us up here because we want you to be a part of this special moment where you can stand with your son or your daughter or your um, husband or wife to come or your uh, brother or sister Come and join us here and let's give them a huge welcome as they come and join us as well. Wow. And as a church family, Marilyn and I, we want to say it's been an amazing journey to have you a part of our lives and our church. And I know the church here is part of the family, it's part of the journey, and so many people have helped, supported, prayed. There's people praying for you every week that may not have even said hello to you, but they've seen you come, they've seen you respond to Jesus, and they've been praying for you every day, every week, all the time. And there's many out there that have done that, continue to do it. And church, why don't you reach out your hand towards them now, and we want to pray a prayer of blessing over them, come and join with us, and and thanks for Tina and Lisa and all the amazing team that have served. Why don't we just reach up to heaven and we just pray a prayer of blessing, Father? Right now, we join together, and Lord, we just pray for Mark. Lord, you'll continue to do your mighty work of blessing, and all the calling of God on his life will be fulfilled, Lord. Lord, there'll be no more step backs or sideways, but Lord, it'll be forward in your purpose and plan. I thank you for his beautiful wife and their family. I thank you for Richard, Lord, the miracle of saving his life from that accident. And Lord, you've put a treasure and a gift in his life. And I pray, Father, that will be fulfilled and totally healed. Lord, restore him to full health and strength. He won't be limping around, but he will be able to function fully and your healing grace. Lord, thank you for Anthony. What an amazing, gifted man. Lord, you've taken him on a journey of wholeness, restoration, healing. I just pray, Lord, his life will shine for you. Lord, people will see Jesus through him. They won't see other characters or actors. They would see Jesus through his life. Lord, I thank you for these beautiful, beautiful women here. Lord, I just thank you for your grace. Lord, your love. The beauty of Jesus shines through their lives. Lord, I thank you for total healing, restoration. Lord, their journey of faith will be so amazing. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for it in the name of Jesus. God, just speak the name of Jesus over these precious people. We speak the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your healing and grace and your breakthroughs. 
Lord, that they would run after you. Lord, they would fulfil your destiny over their lives. Thank you for saving their lives, for protecting their lives and now thrusting them forth with the fullness of your spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone said, Amen. And bless all their beautiful families. Wow, wow, wow. Congratulations. Let's take our seats. And uh, there's a big celebration cake in a few minutes for morning tea. But before we finish today, Pastor Tina is going to come, the CEO, and she's going to share a short word of encouragement to us from God's Word. And just to celebrate what God has done And there'll be uh, some photos afterwards outside and uh, encourage you to congratulate them personally. Wow, this is so, so amazing. It takes a whole family, a whole team, a whole church, a whole community to see people set free. And what a joy that is. Thanks, Pastor Tina. Come and share the Word of God and encourage us today. Thanks, Ross. All right. How amazing is this day, the transforming power of God. And um, before I even start on the message, I just really want to honour all the people that volunteer, everybody that comes and and helps alongside these men and women that have helped them um, transform their lives. And not only just that, as a village, as a church village, you also have embraced our guys and Continue to love and accept them for who they are and what they've been through. So thank you so much. So today I actually want to talk to you about the deep changes God can do, as you can see. Changes mean actually to do something new, to do something that's different or alter or modify. It's also to replace something that is new or better. And Jesus said, I've come to give life and life abundantly. So transformation happened over the, last, over the last year for these guys, but it's just the beginning of change for them. We are created as creatures of habit and people are usually led by their innate nature. And when it comes to changing ourselves, we struggle because we may not like the experience. As you can see sometimes what happened for them. So we avoid change if we can. And it's not just about, I'm talking about our guys. I'm talking about all of us. And so, you know, we refuse to think that we need to change. This usually happens at the beginning of their program or it might happen before people want to decide to come in. There is great resistance. And I've been asked many times by people, do you think people can really change their ways? And I say yes and I say no. Yes, because change is possible for those who want to change. And I say no for those who do not want to change and also because of our innate traits and desires that will keep us returning to old habits. And there is a real danger in that for our guys here today and anybody who is seeking change. Change takes work and can be a metamorphosis experience especially when one has an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And how God's desire is to take a person into a deeper level of awareness, love, peace and a transformation beyond the cognitive, intellectual and innate nature of the human soul. The old saying, it takes a village to raise a child, it's so true. Everyone is involved when a child is young, from grandparents, parents, siblings, extended family, friends, teachers, neighbours and peers, a child's traits usually are moulded and shaped in the first six years of their life from their surrounding culture. Their belief system, self-esteem, fears, ritual habits, changes, resilience, losses, neglect, abuse or whatever a young child has been exposed to the natural tendency of the human nature the child will be more prone to. And and the human nature is where children become seekers of self-soothing habits, whether they're good or bad. 
And as you see, some started very young, our self-soothing habits. Or we, we have some good ones, but we also have some bad ones. And we can start very young. Habits such as narbotting or cuddles or thumb-sucking, affirmation, sweets or good or bad attention, games, sports, etc. These are just some of the self-soothing habits we get into. And all of the above is part of the building blocks to become a healthy or unhealthy adult. It is the most critical changing transformation process a child has in their life. And a change, whether it's positive or negative, continues to happen in their teenage years that you'll see sometimes in their testimonies or your own testimony. It started when I was young. From years of pressure from peers, teachers or parents or whatever it might be. Self. And then comes adult life. Personalities, traits, self-beliefs, pride, fears, entitlement, anger, isolation, stubbornness, depression, laziness, other habits, the traits have all kicked in. And that's what we're actually sometimes dealing with with people who come into our program. We seek harmful self-soothing techniques to escape our pain or racing thoughts. The self-soothing habits are expressed in a variety of ways, such as overeating, partaking in extreme sports, be a gym junkie, isolating gamer, taking drugs or alcohol, working or a work overworking or becoming a shopaholic, becoming addicted to sex or porn. The list goes on. Our lives, our lives become either healthy or become chaotic from our foundations. Self-destructive or damaging life patterns can be so entrenched that they have become a part of who we are. We make poor decisions from our emotions, such as loneliness, fears, anger and excitement. Our brain stores life patterns and negative thoughts and we have a natural tendency to settle into them. That is the danger of returning to our old habits or behaviours. There's an old saying, a leopard never changes his spot. The phrase, a leopard never changes his spot, means that it's impossible for one to change their innate character or traits, even if they will try very hard. Jeremiah talks about rebellious and prideful people who refuse to change. Can a Ethiopian change his skin or a leopard's spots? This is what God says. Neither can you who do good or accustomed, neither can you do good who are accustomed to being doing evil or being trained in that way. That's self-training habits. This saying was once said to me about my ex-husband 34 years ago before I met God. A lady said to me who knew my ex, this man you're going to marry will never change. A leopard never changes his spots. At that time, I had no idea where that phrase came from. I thought to myself, well, this guy has a faith in God. He should be okay. But in the end, she was right. After 10 years of financial tough times came for him, his anxiety, his fears and low self-esteem kicked in, which aroused his sexual addiction habit and he ended up committing adultery on, my, on me three times. Three separate occasions. It was then, it was, it was when he was experiencing extreme anxiety that he made those choices. He did not reach out for God. He had a relationship with God, but he did not reach out to God. But he allowed his own self-soothing habits to give him short-term relief. As the word of God says, his flesh overruled his spirit. He had every opportunity after the first time to get help from God and then the second, but his own pride and stubbornness stopped him from reaching out and getting help for his anxiety. God-ordained help is out there for all of us. And as the word of God goes on to say, for those who compromise and who are filled with pride and refuse to get help, there's little of chance of experiencing a better life that Jesus has promised. People will stay stagnant, stuck in the same old habits, dictating their life and the end results that will have a negative impact on self and their loved ones. 
God warns about pride and rebellion will only lead to self-destruction. Behaviour change is so complicated sometimes and it's complex because it requires a person to disrupt a current habit of behaviour while simultaneously fostering a new unfamiliar set of actions. And that is done through the changing the pathways of our brain. And in our program, we are like another village, facilitating that process, that therapeutic process, helping people become aware of their negative behaviours and thoughts and attitudes and that affect others and self. Added to that, we facilitate healing and tra- trauma and accountability, consequential thinking, plus so much more. But all these processes and interventions take time for somebody to make it a lifestyle. Take time. Change is ongoing. There are many people who find this process hard and leave and return back to the same destructive life. But this type of therapy is all well and good, but for my 30 years of experience in this industry, I've seen many people succeed and many people fail. And most of the people who have succeeded have continued in an intimate relationship with God. They've changed their lifestyle, kept connected, are giving back and found their purpose in life. Their lifestyle becomes a two-way communication with God and and accountability to God and to others is an essential part of ongoing change. This is the message of change from God written in Jeremiah and in the Gospels. This is what our God says in a nutshell to all of us. You surrender and return back to me. There's hope because I have plans for you. This is what God says. I have plans for you, plans for you to prosper. And how I will impart those plans is when you listen to my Holy Spirit voice and I will lead you by my laws of love in your heart. I have no desire to harm you but to give you good and perfect gifts. This is God's word in a nutshell. I desire to have a relationship with you so I can help soothe and guide you in tough and chaotic times. You will find rest and peace in me when you are anxious, angry, offended or fearful. I can help you express and experience the fruit of my love. That's what he says. I can help you express the fruit of my love for self and others of kindness and patience, forgiveness that you heard today, joy, gentleness, generosity, self-control, and help you to love the unlovable. That's our God. His, his love is so different to ours. He says, I can give you a purpose-filled life. You, you will not need to concern yourself with your image, your esteem, because I see you as beautifully and wonderfully created in my image. I have a plan for you. You will not be alone because I will always be with you. And because now that you are in me and I in you, you are a new creation. The old life is gone. The new has come. That means you have access to finding healing and restoration in the natural, spiritual, physical areas of life I've created, he says. That's God's word condensed for us. Our faith in him changes everything. But it is also noted throughout God's word that faith in God without action of his love means nothing to him. He really wants that intimacy with us to learn how to love and find our peace, find our rest. And ongoing, and how you do that is to continue to stay intimately close with him. Paul shares in Philippians that you may, you may be abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight of our God. So he who began a good work of his love in you will bring it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. So faith works by love. Pastor Ross said that before. Faith works by love. So we need to continue to grow in God, loving self and loving others. We will all need to continue to work on ourselves for a healthier life as God has promised. As you can see, 
Change is happening, transformations. But unless you're accountable to God and to others, change can stay stagnant. That's my message for all of you today, and I thank you so much for supporting us in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.